This is Attorney Gerald Griggs, a justice fighter. I don't think they ready for you, Attorney Justice Griggs. fighter. What's going on, guys? This is Attorney Gerald Griggs, a justice fighter, and we're here in the new Justice Media Podcast studio, and we are relaunching Justice Fighter Radio as it's now Justice Fighter Podcast. So it's just an honor to be with you guys. We've been off for a couple months just getting everything together, and I want to have this first episode of Justice Fighter Podcast, and I could think of no other guest than to have than the illustrious uh Dante Carter of Carter Media and, of course, of Justice Media. And so, Dante, how you doing this morning, brother? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on here today. Man, thank you for coming in. And it's been a minute since we did um, Justice Fighter yeah. Radio. And so I'm, I'm excited to relaunch Justice Fighter Podcast. And, and so I just wanted to get your thoughts. What do you, what do you think uh, about the new studio, about the new ventures that we're going through, and, and everything that's happening around uh, this new media venture? First of all, I love the new studio. And I love it because I'm really big on ownership, and you own the new studio. Yeah, and we so, own the studio, <laughs> yeah. and so that is that's uh, that's first and foremost. You know, I, I want to be able to to even just give ourselves a round of applause on that, you know, and, and, and pat ourselves on the back because that's a that's a huge adventure, and that's one of the things within the culture that we got to start talking about is ownership. Um, and this is one way that you keep your voice from being culturally appropriated. So I commend you on on the steps that you've taken. I look forward to. To the launch of, uh, of uh, well, not even just the launch, because we've already launched Justice Media, but continuing to put up the work, telling the voices of the disenfranchised and marginalized, uh, telling the voices of of the families we, we rarely get to hear from. You know, we always hear about police, their investigation, but we very rarely do we hear about the families, what they're going through, uh, the impact of, of losing their child who was unarmed at the time when they were, when they were shot by police. So... I um I'm excited about that. I'm I'm excited to talk politics. I'm excited to talk about who to look out for. I'm excited to to talk about how to get more black people to vote. I'm excited to talk about what issues we care about because if you're not talking about the issues that we care about, what are you talking about? I mean, definitely, and I think that's that's the one of the most important things. The reason why we're launching this is to continue to do a deep dive into the the stories, a deep dive into the information. Um, and, and so that's the purpose of Justice Media, that's the purpose of the Justice Fighter podcast. And, and so, you know, with that, I want to jump kind of right into everything that's going on. And, and like we said, we're going to talk a little bit about politics and we're going to talk about a lot of these cases. And we're going to open the platform up to the families and the individuals who've been victimized in the system and give them a voice, the voice of the disenfranchised people that we don't hear a lot about. Uh, so with that, I kind of want to jump into national politics um, last week, we got a chance to watch the, um, the debates. It was the first time that Mike Bloomberg was actually on a debate stage. We got to hear from him directly and not just his, um, commercials. And it was definitely interesting. Um, his, his platform is, um, sounds a lot Republican. Uh, it sounds like he's doing a lot of apology tour and, um, you know, they attacked him and I, I my hat is off to Elizabeth Warren for a strong showing in Thursday night's debate hats off to, um, to Bernie Sanders again for a strong debate. But I really think that we need more excitement in this race. And I mean, I, we still don't have a candidate who's really differentiated himself uh, from the field. And I think that's why Mr. Bloomberg jumped in the race. Um, but I, I still don't hear anybody with a direct message to the base, which is African-American people. So Dante, I wanted to kind of pick your brain and see what you think about what you saw in the debate and where this national conversation is going in the race. 
Well, you know, I definitely also commend them for stepping up and, and asking the tough questions and pointing out things that, that people have overlooked because they're looking for somebody to beat Donald Trump. You know, and I love Trevor Noah said it best. Most countries have five, six, seven different political parties. We got two major parties. And I think because we have two major parties, people become party affiliated and focused instead of policy focused. And that's where we need to get to. I mean, there are a lot of issues that need to take place that need to be taken care of. And so when I when I see them and I see these candidates, I think what what we're going to have to do and I mean, honestly, what I see happening is I, I see black folks sitting out again. You know, I, I hate to say it like that, but that's what I see until we really start talking about some of these real issues. And I think the folks who were talking about the real issues obviously didn't make it through because of the money. But the Marianne Williams, Williamson, the, the Julian Castro, I mean, they were really talking about the issues that that directly impact our community. And, and we've, we've got to get back to that. And I, I think we're at a place where. We don't we don't have to listen to the gatekeepers, whoever those gatekeepers may be, because. Right. I mean, in this day and time, those are people of color who have become those gatekeepers. And so I think uh, we've got a, a great opportunity here to. Um, and I think I didn't answer your question. I'm sorry. I went no, on a tangent. Answered it, you asked it. And, and I think, you know, it, it kind of underscores the problem that we have here. I think um, a lot of people. um a lot of people don't understand that the powerful don't have the same amount of power anymore. Don't have the same amount of power anymore uh, that we used to. Uh, the power keep the gatekeepers don't have the same amount of power they used to. And I think with the new platforms that have opened up and the new voices that are coming to the forefront, we are forcing the conversation, forcing the question. And, and I, I just don't think that the establishment understands that you have to have a message that speaks directly to the base. You know, they were concerned that Joe Biden seemed to be slipping. And so a new moderate Democrat stepped into the space. But he's not really a moderate Democrat. He's a moderate Republican who's running as a Democrat. And I think the same thing happened on the Republican side in 2016 when a moderate Democrat became a conservative Republican and took their party. So I just think that in the political discourse right now, both establishments need to have a message that speaks directly to the base. And the base of America is in the middle, and they are concerned with the, the kitchen table items, the kitchen table issues, but I don't think that as a whole we're speaking to all of them. Trump is about division and about you know slicing America up, and, and it's us versus them. The Democrats are about whatever the way the wind blows right now, and they're not speaking directly to their base, which is black individuals and minorities, about how you're going to make their lives better, how are you going to change the policies of the past, many of which a lot of the members on the stage had a lot to do with, whether it's stop and frisk, whether it's the 94 crime bill, you know, whether it's some of it being voter uh, disillusionment and not speaking directly to their issues. So, I mean, I just think that we got to we got to continue this vetting process. Hopefully the candidate that comes out of the Democratic Party uh, will unify the party. But currently, I don't see that. I see it being the establishment fighting with Bernie Sanders, and there's no real issues in the middle that we got to address. And I think we got to have a candidate that addresses that, that brings the progressives and the moderates together so we have a coalition to be able to beat Trump because Trump's people are pulling together and they're going to rally around him. And I do, uh, unfortunately, see uh, a lot of black people disillusioned and probably going to sit this out. Now, I'm going to continue to advocate for people going to the polls, making sure they register, making sure they vote. 
but I'm also pressed to candidates, and I think that African Americans, regardless of whoever the candidate is, need to understand that we're in a new political reality where we have to hold elected officials accountable even after they are elected. That's the part that's been missing for the last 40 years. We don't hold anybody accountable. And so even on the national level, we got to learn how we do that and how we hold people accountable so we can get the issues that affect our community heard. Because currently, and I saw it on Facebook, we're in pandering season where people are coming to the African-American community, pandering for our vote, taking pictures, and not discussing the real issues. And then when they get elected, forget all about us. So we got to make sure we hold them accountable after the vote so we make sure that things change in our community. Well, and I, I think we got to talk about some of the real issues, right? The real issues are, by nature, blacks aren't liberal people. We're not. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. we're, we're in the Democratic Party, but by nature, we're not. We're, we're a very conservative people. We love our God. We love our guns. And I, I think we've, we've got to get to this place of, and Claude Anderson says it a lot, but it's, it's the group economics. It's the group politics. Because if we don't get a focus on self and on group, Everybody else is going to pass us by. That's why they've continued to pass us by. We have to get back to correcting that original sin. Nobody wants to talk about the real issues mm -hmm. that are going on. But to this day, we're still dealing with what? We're still dealing with extreme levels of poverty. We're talking about 66% of black people who are either under poverty or in poverty. And that's, that's crazy. I mean, that's the majority of our population. Mm -hmm. So until we start to address these issues that impact the majority of us, how are we going to move forward? We can't, we can't keep depending on some, waiting on somebody to open the door for one of us so one can go through. No, we, we need five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different people going through those doors so we can start creating opportunities that, that uh, help us, allow us to change our community. Yeah, and I definitely agree. And, I mean, that's the conversation that nobody really wants to have. I mean, nobody wants to have a conversation about the repair of the African-American community, yeah. which was damaged by chattel slavery. Uh, so Chattel slavery, drugs, drugs, the war on drugs, Jim uh, Crow, mass incarceration, Jim yeah. Crow, all those things. And, and nobody's really speaking to that. They're speaking to it like it's it's it, it ended in 1968 and it didn't end in 1968. So I think if we want a candidate that engenders the African-American vote, you got to speak to those conditions that are still plaguing our community. I mean, education is a real issue. Our schools are more segregated today than they were um, in, in the Brown decision. So, I mean, we have not repaired anything. I mean, with all deliberate speed was absolutely no speed. Yeah. And so we got to address the uh, systemic issues that are continuing to plague our community. And we need a candidate that speaks directly to that. I don't want to hear you speaking to, I was a good friends with James Easterly, who was a, a segregationist. I don't want to hear you speaking to the fact that, yeah, I'm sorry for stopping Frisk. Well, you haven't repaired from stopping Frisk. Yeah. So, and I mean, I don't want to hear that you march with Dr. King, but you're not actually doing the work of Dr. King. If you march with Dr. King, you would know reparations are on the table. Yeah. So, I mean, these are issues that we have to address. And as African-Americans in each one of those camps, we have to hold the candidate to a higher standard. And you know what I would want to see from Bloomberg? So you're sorry about stop and frisk. Mm -hmm. So what are you going to do about all the individuals who are incarcerated because of stop and frisk? Are you going to review their cases? Are you going to, are you going to make sure that they were justly arrested? Because a lot of times you've stopped somebody. And I mean, the same. I mean, it's, it's because of stop and frisk that Eric Garner's dead. And so, I mean, if we're, if we're going to talk about these policies, we really got to dig deep and talking to them. I commend the, the Los Angeles County DA for what she's done. 66,000 uh, men with um, small amounts of marijuana, which is what a majority of the prisons are made up of. Yeah. Men who've had one, two ounces of marijuana 
Um, so, I mean, we've, we've really got to start talking about these issues because these are the things that have contributed um, to the decimation of the black community. And we got to stay on top of that. Definitely. And so that's what you can expect on Justice Fighter Podcast. And we're going to kind of shift gears here. Uh, we're going to move from um, national politics to more local politics. And there's nothing more local than these police-involved shooting cases. And so we've been involved in quite a few of the police-involved shooting cases and police brutality cases, whether that's Maggie Thomas, uh, whether that's Jimmy Atchison, Veltavius Griggs, uh, Kane Rogers, Jamarian Robinson. And um, it seems as though people have gone quiet on these, this situation, like it's been solved, and it hasn't been solved. So, Dante, I want to kind of get your perspective on what needs to happen moving forward locally, politically, uh, to address these issues, because these are local issues. Well, I, I think we need to really take a hard look and see who who the gatekeepers, who are our politicians in the in the in the city of Atlanta, in the metro areas, really taking a look at them, taking a look at their platforms, and being very. I think it's on us as the voters to be very clear on what we want. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if if we're not getting justice, if we're not getting accountability, we're not getting protection. You all aren't doing your job, and that's that's as simple as you can as you can make this. So I, I think we need to. We need to look. I mean, a lot of these positions are up for election right now. Mm-hmm. We got the DA. We got several judge seats that are open right now. And so I, I, I really want to encourage people to look at look at these folks' platforms. And when you're out at these town hall meetings, right, when you're out at these, these um, voting uh, parties that they're having now, like really start to ask these folks these questions. Really start to, to – uh, and, and not just ask about accountability, but demand it because – Right now, we're seeing we're seeing our young men, our young black men, our young black women. They are dying in the street because there is a lack of accountability, and this all goes back to that 1989 case that you are very familiar of, mm-hmm. that you can speak well into, and also talking about those initiatives of the 21st century policing initiative that Obama sent out. It was 21 recommendations, and you know, yep. 92 recommendations. Well, 92, Obama, I'm sorry. The Obama, um, uh, uh, the Obama police accountability um, report. His policies. And, and so I, I kind of want to talk about a case that just happened in Gwinnett County. Uh, police officers stomped on a, an unarmed African-American man's head. Uh, he was convicted on Friday. Um, and, and that just kind of goes to show you the level of accountability that's happening in real time here in the metro area. Uh, this would be the second police officer in the last nine months uh, that's been convicted of felony offenses and will be sentenced. We all remember the Anthony uh, Hill case uh, in DeKalb County. Now this is a Gwinnett County case uh, where this individual was convicted. And so what I want people to understand is that as long as we hold um, the DAs accountable and hold the judges accountable, we will see justice. So, uh, Dante, did you pull that case up? Uh, give us give us some facts on that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and this dealt with uh, former Gwinnett County police officer Robert McDonald, and he was found guilty on on all charges, um, including being guilty of excessive force. And I think in a lot of these cases, that's the that's the one charge that you know if if somebody survives, that's the one charge you're going to see is that excessive force. Yes. And I think we've really got to put that pressure on folks to really take a look. And so this stemmed back to an April 2017 um, incident where the motorist was already handcuffed. He was already handcuffed on the ground, and officer came over kicking him and stomping him in the head. Excessive. I mean, excessive. completely excessive. And so I, I think that what people need to understand, there was a video of this. It went yeah. viral. Activists got engaged, started putting pressure on the police department to arrest this individual and fire this individual. He was arrested and fired and ultimately it culminated in a trial, which ended last week. 
Friday, uh, the jury was quite quick in its deliberation. I believe it was an hour and a half, guilty on all counts. And now the officer faces uh, 26 years in prison. A sentencing hearing will be in two weeks. And so this kind of underscores all politics are local. You know, many people keep saying, oh, we're not getting these convictions. Well, it seems in Metro Atlanta we're getting these convictions and we're holding these officers accountable. So we now have to go up to the state level and then up to the federal level to make sure the policies that were outlined in the 21st Century Policing Initiative, the 92 recommendations of Obama back in May of 2015 are implemented on the state level and the federal level so that we can now see it across the nation. Many people want to talk about Botham Jean and Amber Geiger. That was an aberration. You're starting to see in many states around the country convictions. I was, I was listening to Eye on the Prize yesterday, and they were talking about the Emmett Till case, and they were kind of talking about it being a, a, spark, a, a spark point of the movement. But what they didn't tell you, and this is what Eye on the Prize does tell you, the spark came because African-American media pushed that case into the national conversation. It was on the front pages of all the African-American newspapers around the country. It sparked, riot, uh, uh, it sparked rallies, not riots, rallies around the country for justice, and it forced the conversation. We have to force the conversation. Nobody's going to have the conversation unless we force the conversation. So just like in the Emmett Till case or in the Trayvon Martin case or in the Mike Brown case or the Jimmy Lee Jackson cases, these are flashpoints. And we have to continue to make sure we elevate our voices in these flashpoints for accountability. And then we follow up on the story because many times people don't know that justice happened because mainstream media does not cover the story. We have to cover our own stories, and that's the reason for these new platforms. And with that being said, we still have five cases here in Atlanta, Georgia, where we're seeking justice. Jimmy Atchison, Jamarian Robinson, Kane Rogers, um, Deatric Griffin, and um, Oscar Davis. Kane, and of course, Veltavis Griggs. So that's six cases in Fulton County alone, that we're seeking justice for these unarmed African-American men that were killed by the police. How many counties we got in the state of Georgia? We got 159 counties in the state of Georgia. So one county, six deaths. One county, six deaths, stretching all the way back to 2016, and the families are demanding justice. So we cannot go quiet on these situations. I want to, again, applaud uh, the five uh, Georgia uh, House of Representative members who have pushed forward police accountability legislation on the state level, Park yeah. Cannon, Renita Shannon, Erica Thomas, Pam Stevenson, uh, B. Wynn, and um, Sandra Scott made national headlines, not local, actually it was international, international, international headlines with their police accountability bill police accountability bill and so we're going to have them on the platform very soon but i want to make sure people know that this is going on because we have to keep our eye on the prize we have to keep our eye on the ball and we have to continue uh the the legacy uh, of resistance that we inherited from our foreparents so we are making progress in this of course because of the jimmy atchison case um the fbi is now wearing body camps that's right national uh, national it was that's featured huge. On national media, it was on Cop Watch, BET Cop Watch, so was Veltavius Griggs. His video with his mother hit 1.5 million views on Facebook because we are pushing the narrative to make sure that people understand that the, um, the arc of history is long, but it bends towards justice. That's right. And justice 
is what I mean. Love is what justice looks like in public. Uh, so that's the purpose of this. And so we're going to shift gears. We we talked a little bit um, about police accountability. We talked a lot about uh, national politics. But let's talk about what's next with Justice Media and what's next with Justice Fighter Podcast. What do you have going on on Justice Media, uh, Dante? That you want people to know about and so how they can get engaged and help push the platform. So, of course, uh, we're, we're bringing Beyond the Brand over to Justice Media. And what I really love about Beyond the Brand is being able to highlight the stories of entrepreneurs, particularly and specifically entrepreneurs of, of color, uh, black entrepreneurs. Because when you, when you look at the numbers of us versus any other group of people, they're just so small. And we've got to be at a place where we just start to fight to kick this door open. And I'm speaking about this because we also have to realize that the reason the number, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, black entrepreneurs is so small is because that's intentional, right? Mm -hmm. We had the Tulsa race riots. We had um, the Rosewood riots. We've had all these things that destroyed our community. And systematically, nothing was done to help repair these communities. These were prospering black communities. And what I'm saying is, you know what, we're at a tipping point where if we don't start to put these people, if we don't start to build our own tables and put these people in these seats, what's going to happen to us? We hire each other. We're going to be more focused and more intentional about hiring us. And we've got to get to those places. And so I, I, I want people to lay out the blueprint very clearly. We've had some we've had some great people on there. We've had um, uh, music producer Will Power. We've had, um, gosh, we've had some... Uh, of course, we've had Attorney Griggs on there. We've had um, uh, Kalia uh, Kalia Hinton Jones on there. Uh, she she's been doing. She's really great at tapping into the diaspora, talking about um, the the work of the Caribbeans and and folks from African countries. And and I really love how she puts it in the context of how much money we spend. And so we've really that's something we, we've also got to become great at, too, is looking at the money that we're spending. So we're going to dig into that. Of course, we're going to have uh, the Justice Fighter uh, podcast on here where uh, we've got uh, Scotty coming in with the um, combos create change. So, I mean, you're, you're getting everything from the street level to the to the boardroom to the courtroom and so i think we've just really got to continue and stay focused you know we really want to really want you all to tune in we're giving you information that you know for over what 20 30 years we've we've compiled and we're just trying to get it out so that we can push this forward yeah and i mean like i always say you know it's it's on our generation the professional generation of course the wisdom generation that's i mean the the energy generation that's behind us to push forward the work of the wisdom generation, the generation before uh, that came before us. And so on Justice Media, you have, of course, Trillmonger, uh, who does the entertainment space and, and does all the things in music. You have Beyond the Brand, which is talking to you about how you build business, how you how you market yourself, how you get your message out, how you control your narrative. We got Conversation Create Change, which is talking about the issues in the community, from the community. And then you got Justice Fighter Podcast, uh, which is going to bring you everything you need to know to stay legal, uh, to be understand your rights, and to make sure that you are protected uh, in the foremost protection of your family through your legal rights. Uh, so those are all the things you can expect on Justice Media. Um, we are going to open the platform up. You know, in the, in the very near future, you will be able to come on. You'll be able to call in. You'll be able to interact uh, it'll be an interactive a conversation because I think one of the people one of the things people fail to realize is media is a two way conversation. 
It's yeah. not us just telling you what we think. We want to hear from you. We want to engage with you so we can learn from you and we can move forward. I think that's what's missing in today's media is the engagement piece. So please share. Please like. Please comment. Uh, please post on the pages. Please make sure you hit us up in the podcast. Uh, we will have a phone line very soon. You can call in and, and, and communicate with us. Uh, we will be going live uh, through our a visual arm very soon uh, so you can see us you can interact with us but the purpose of this is just to to engage with you to learn from you so we can spread this message so we can document the work but more importantly so we can get justice and repair for our community uh, so again it's the first edition of the justice fighter podcast formerly known as justice fighter radio uh, i just am just excited for what the future is going to bring you can find us on all platforms at Justice Media. You can find us on Google Play, uh, the Apple Store. You can find us on YouTube, Instagram, uh, Facebook. We're going to get a TikTok at some point. I'm, I, don't, I don't dance that well, so I guess I got to work on my moves. <laughs> um, but we're going to engage with you. And what we want you to understand is this. You have to own your narrative. You have to tell your story because no one else can tell your story. And when you tell your story from your heart, the world listens. So that's the purpose of these platforms is to get our voices, our unfiltered voices out about our conditions and about our situations. Uh, so, Dante, you got any last words for the people? Yeah, you know, and, and I, I think it's, um, it's, it's owning our story and it's, it's, not, it's not being ashamed of it. You know, um, I think uh, a lot of times, you know, we're so quick to want to take our blackness off to assimilate. And I think we've, we've got to take full ownership of this. We're special people. We've endured a lot. You know, our, our ancestors endured um, that long voyage. You know, I, I believe that ocean is filled, filled with their tears. Yep. It's filled and, with and their bodies. bodies. And yep. so we need, to, um, we need to take ownership of that because they brought a culture here, a culture that Gosh, hundreds of companies are making billions off of. And so own it, embrace it, know who you are, and know that um, that that here at, at, at Justice Media, we're going to listen to you and that we're going to be pushing for change. Uh, Gerald is a, is an, uh, he's a prolific organizer. And um, when it comes to law, there's there's nobody that can break it down and make it as understandable as he can. And so. We, we're going to do our thing. We want y'all to tune in. We want y'all to support and know that um, this is a station that's going to be for the people, by the people, meant to uplift the people. Yeah, so first episode, Justice Fighter Podcast. You guys, again, can tune in on all platforms. You can follow me on all platforms, at Attorney Griggs, A-T-T-O-R-N-E-Y-G-R-I-G-G-S, or at the hashtag Justice Fighter. Please go follow, go like, go comment, go share at Justice Media on all platforms. This is the Justice Fighter, Attorney Griggs, and I approve this message. Peace. This is Attorney Gerald Griggs, the Justice Fighter. I don't think they ready for you, Attorney Justice Griggs. Fighter.